Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 74 of the Loyrad Media Podcast, the podcast about free speech, the news of the day, politics, culture, ideas, or over the conversational take me. I'm your host, Jack Dariel, flying solo today as we discuss the first presidential debate, which has just taken place. But before we do, if you're watching, even though this will be an audio-only podcast, just so I can get it out as quickly as possible, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell to know when new episodes go live. And, of course, you can follow and subscribe to us on all good podcast services. Now that that's out of the way, let's jump in because... This debate is going to go down as a chaotic mess, quite frankly. I don't think anyone that uh, watched along from start to finish would really phrase it in any other way. But I am going to go into a bit of a a deeper, in-depth look, of course. But in the end, I think if you're just looking for my who do I who do I think won? This was a this was a wash. No one won this. There were. there were more negatives for both uh, candidates than there were like positives, quite frankly. Uh, this was just just a problem. And I, I want to highlight the biggest loser on this uh, debate was the moderator, Chris Wallace. And I think we have to start here because this was really quite uh, despicable, I think. Um, he went into this debate saying my job as moderator and what I'm going to aim to do we've got six topics 15 minutes each I'm going to open up ask the question and then I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to fade into the distance you're not going to know I'm there because everyone knows we want the candidates we want Trump we want Biden to debate these issues and slowly but surely he started wedging his way in and wedging his way in and wedging his way in so that by the end, he was the third member in this this debate. He was another debater. He was a fellow debater here. And I don't know, I think it probably uh, worked out better for Biden because of this, but it was not a good look for Chris Wallace. It, uh, I don't think it hurt or helped Trump either way. Uh, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, Trump was butting in, Trump was butting in, Trump was butting in. We know that Trump does that. And so when you bring, when you go down to his level, which ultimately Chris Wallace and Joe Biden did, it uh, just looked a lot better for Trump, quite frankly. Um, I mean, Joe Biden on a couple of occasions called Trump a clown, told him to shut up, and, he's called, and he called him a racist, which... I don't think we've seen that sort of language in a debate, especially a presidential debate. I know the sort of the most notable thing in back in 2016 was Trump saying to Hillary Clinton that, you know, you'd be in jail if I was president. But even that doesn't have the, I think, the malicious nature that Joe Biden did in those comments. There were six topics. I, I really would say... Most people, I think, watched the first half hour or so, and then when it really started to get chaotic, either grabbed the popcorn or proceeded to switch channels. But the six topics were uh, the Supreme Court, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19 response, the economy, uh, race and violence in in the cities, Trump and Biden's uh, records, 
and then finished on the integrity of the election. Normally, I go through and say, these are, you know, of the six topics, the, you know, you know, candidate A won, you know, this topic or that topic and candidate B won the others. It's really, I mean, we're able to sort of do this, but it's going to be a lot harder, especially for the second half of this debate, because a lot of these topics began to really flow into one another and they, they weren't, they weren't, this is topic one, this is topic two. They were, this is topic four, five, and six. And I don't think that helped the American voter, quite frankly. And I don't think it helped the viewer. And that is a big knock on Chris Wallace for that. The first topic, though, was quite notable in the sense both sides got a good sort of punch in. They came out with a tactic and they went for it. And that was the topic on the Supreme Court. Uh, Trump won straight up, basically discussing Amy Coney Barrett being the Supreme Court nominee and basically saying, look, the other side being the Democrats, you know, they're kicking and screaming either way. We know full well that if they were in charge in the same position, they would do the same thing. And yes, we know that. I mean, politics is a dirty game and that's just the way it's played. Joe Biden had an interesting take, which was not to go after Amy Coney Barrett's um, religion, not to go after the fact that she's adopted children. Some people in both those cases have gone after her over social media, and these aren't just random run-of-the-mill people. These are people with large followings that are sort of in the political game, have attacked her on these, uh, these things, which I just find ridiculous. He went after the fact that uh, a number of years ago, Amy Coney Barrett stated that she didn't believe Obamacare could be passed, say, under the Constitution, etc., 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 and the fear is that Obamacare could be overturned by the Supreme Court and she could be a deciding vote in that. So he went after the health care, and what proceeded was a health care debate, um, I think that was notable because healthcare was not part of the six topics, and most people watch the first, you know, thirty, as I said, thirty minutes, maybe an hour of the debate before switching over. So to get healthcare sort of wedged in, you know, five ten minutes into the debate was a very good move for Biden, and I think he definitely won that portion of the Supreme Court debate. However, he lost it very quickly. When Chris Wallace, and this was maybe one of the only times I would say Chris Wallace sort of actively went after uh, Joe Biden, I think for I think everyone would agree um, he definitely just went after Trump. It's not necessarily saying that he was on Joe Biden's side, but he was definitely anti-Trump as this debate went on, and that was the question that Chris Wallace asked Joe Biden about packing the Supreme Court. There are currently nine members on the Supreme Court and there have been nine members for a significant period of time now. And we discussed this on the last uh, topic. Um, so if you want to hear my uh, view on that, go to uh, the previous episode, so episode 73. But 
the belief of a sort of left and right, if you were to say, uh, judges, if they had political leanings, with Amy Coney Barrett's uh, nomination and likely um, appointment to the Supreme Court, it is likely going to go now six and three Republican-Democrat. And there's been a belief, you know, one, one justice has sort of been the swing vote. He leans a bit more conservative than Democrat, but even, even if you were to say it's 5-3-1 on any given day, the conservatives or the Republicans still have the numbers in the court. There has been talk to increase the numbers up to 11 solely so we're back to a 50-50 split. And a lot of people dislike this move, and it's a very contentious one. The fact that Joe Biden completely avoided answering it, even saying, I'm not going to give an answer on this question. I mean, Trump leapt. You could see him. It was like a, like a lion getting a gazelle, just, just leapt on it. And by the time the Supreme Court topic had finished, Trump was the winner because Biden really was on the back foot and he had no no way to get out of it. The second topic was on COVID-19. I'm going to call this 50-50 because ultimately Biden loses for his actions sort of January, February, March, in which he sort of attacked Donald Trump for not closing the board, like, oh, sorry, closing the borders to China. You know, he called him a racist for doing so. And now we know that that definitely had a positive impact on where the numbers would have been. So Trump acted well early on. But there is a general belief that throughout this entire period, Trump could have done better. And so it's sort of a, and Trump was on this topic going in at best a 50-50 and most likely to lose this topic. I don't think this topic really went anywhere because it quickly shifted to the economy and the the economy was the third topic. And so I don't think anyone really landed a big hit there. So I'm going to call I'm personally going to call the 50/50 um for the covid topic. The economy was the third topic. Trump wins the um, third topic just because the economy is his game. And there was questions on his taxes during this period. I think he answered it relatively well. Um, Trump has done nothing illegal in um, what's been released of his taxes by the New York Times, if they are indeed his uh, tax returns. He's done nothing illegal. The question of it being a moral thing is is up to any person's interpretation. I think the big loss here that a lot of people will gloss over in the short term, but as the days go by, people will look back to what Joe Biden said in terms of increasing the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28%. That is going to have a significant impact on jobs in the economy in the coming years, if from the second that that gets passed. This is an incredibly important point because right now the American economy is not doing so well. Understandably, when you shut the doors, um, you know, it's hard to do business. 
and it, but it's still going to take time to get back to where they were back right before this started, where Trump was right in saying that the economy was in the best state that it has ever been. And Joe Biden's argument of, well, we, we had it in a, in a good spot and you ruined it is going to fall definitely on deaf ears, especially when the unemployment rate was the lowest it had been for uh, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, women, um, not men, but it was getting close. And I think they're at 3.6% unemployment, which is just absolutely ridiculous, quite frankly. And we're not going to get a win there. And but and that's why I ultimately uh, put it to Trump as well, the, the economy topic. Just I don't think, again, in saying with uh, COVID, there was maybe a 50-50 best case scenario for Trump. There was a 50-50 best case scenario for Biden on the economy topic. And ultimately he blew it. And that was, I don't think a surprise. I think he definitely muddled his way ultimately through this entire debate. But it was this topic where his points really didn't land. The next topic was on race and violence in our cities. And I'm putting this to 50-50 purely because Trump did land a few blows in the sense of he's definitely going down the law and order path. And I think that will resonate with a lot of viewers, but I don't know if it looked good on the actual screen today. Trump's move to ban critical race theory from uh, government institutions and all of those sorts of things is absolutely fantastic. There should be wide applause uh, left and right, far and wide, for that move. But the question that Chris Wallace, and this is where he really started to throw himself into the to the debate when he said, you know, surely, you know, it's just letting people know about difference. And it was not, that's not what critical race theory is. And so it was a very softball uh, point to Joe Biden there. Donald Trump, if he was a better linguist, could have landed the blow. And I think he failed to do so, even though I, I think he was ultimately right in that point. I mean, throughout this point, uh, Joe Biden brought up the fact that, you know, the Trump said that there were good people on both sides during the uh, Charleston uh, riots. Or, you know what I mean. And that's been widely debunked. Because when you grab his full sentence, he goes, you know, and I want to be clear here, I'm not talking about the the white supremacists, but I'm talking about the people debating statues. There are, you know, there are good people on both sides of that debate. And it's obviously been clipped around. And, but I guess, you know, in that argument, maybe the perception is reality with, with certain people, even though Trump never said what that, you know, widely held view is so i do have um, i do have the race topic in uh, 50 50 trump wins law and order i think you know protests as well trump wins but again i don't think and this is really going to be the number one topic of this debate democrats are going to vote biden republicans are going to vote trump And I don't think this debate as a whole 
has changed anybody's mind. And that's why I think ultimately, even though I think Trump won a lot more points than Biden, probably if we grab individual battles throughout the night, I don't see that this is going to move the needle in any way, shape or form. The people that have made up their mind have made up their mind. That, that ain't, it ain't changing. And I think the independents that watched this debate, when it started to really turn into sort of just absolute chaos... I think a lot of them just turned off and said, oh, you know, maybe we'll just we'll catch the next debate. We'll see what happens there. Or maybe we'll, be, we'll turn, tune in for debate number three. So I don't think this has done a lot to change things. There are two points I do want to really quite fo- like focus on now. And they're centered around... A few comments that Joe Biden made that are incredibly troubling for me. We know full well that Antifa is an organization. We're not, we're not idiots here. Donald Trump last week, uh, I, I believe it was last week, labeled Antifa and the KKK as terrorist organizations. Right? And I think it was a very smart, uh, from, from a PR perspective, to do that. To basically go, here's a, a far right organization, here's a far left organization. They're both nuts. And everyone should, everyone, the majority of people, the, the, you know, the 95% that really, maybe more than 95%, that really don't hold those views should sit back and go, yeah, I agree. But for Joe Biden to come out and say Antifa is an idea, not an organization, for me, should disqualify him from even running for president. That, that sentence, the second I heard those seven words, Antifa is an idea, not an organization. The second Joe Biden said those seven words, in my mind, he would have lost my vote permanently. And there was nothing that Trump would do, no matter how bad, he would never get it back. And I know when we look at all of the protests and the riots that have been going on in the United States this year, a lot of people would hear those seven words. And those seven words were, Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Those seven words were damning. Because it shows that he has, his finger is not on the pulse of what is really going on on the streets in America. The other point I want to make, and as I said, there were th- three points that uh, that Joe Biden made, and I do expect the media largely is going to say Joe Biden won the debates, but I think they're going to call them largely probably a chaotic mess. That's that's what I've, I've uh, been phrasing it as, and there'll be some variations of that. There were three points that... Uh, Joe Biden said that I th- that really sounded off alarms. And one was the 7% corporate tax rate increase. The second was the Antifa comments. The third one was what was really oh, like so obviously not true, which was the Atlantic's uh, statements that Trump had said uh, he'd called 
deceased members of the military suckers and losers. And it was so obviously not true. Um, there were apparently four anonymous sources that said this happened. And then I think within you know a few days, about 30 people that were there that day all said that didn't happen. And, and probably the most important person that said it didn't happen was John Bolton, who was fired by Trump earlier in the year. And, you know, John Bolton hates Trump, hates him, and, like, would do anything to sort of cut him down. And that's really what we've seen this year. And even he came out and said that didn't happen. So that was bad. But Biden used it for a chance to grandstand. And he stood up on the podium and he pointed and he looked, He you know, he knew it was a photo opportunity. And he went to get angry. He said, you know, my son fought for a year in Iraq and he got medals and this and you're somebody that would call them suckers and losers. How dare you? And you know that was a moment he was waiting for. He's practiced that moment. They've rehearsed it. This is the moment. And it would have been a good moment if Joe Biden didn't have a second son. And Bo Biden died in uh, 2015, I believe. And it was one thing that probably kept him from running in 2016. And it was probably the main thing that kept uh, Joe Biden from running in 2016. And I think it is very much the difference. If this uh, debate was happening four years ago, or if it ended up being Joe Biden versus Donald Trump in 2016, I think Joe Biden would have won. But I don't think it's going to happen now. This was an amazing moment. It was late in the debate, so I don't know if it's going to get a lot of um, highlights. But Joe Biden made his uh, grandstanding moment. How dare you say that my son was a sucker and loser? And Trump didn't hesitate. He said, well, what about Hunter Biden? This is the, the son that we know worked for Burisma, earned somewhere between eighty-three dollars and $183,000 a month on a board in for an oil company in Ukraine. He does not speak Ukrainian, which is important to note. Uh, we know in the last week he received $3.5 million from um, the Russian mayor's wife. We don't know what for. He's received a lot of money from China in his time. But we also know that he was discharged from the military for failing a number of drug tests. He was, um, you know, had a drug problem. And it was something that Joe Biden had avoided all night. He did not want to talk about his son. He did not want to talk about his son. He claimed that they've been disproven. That is not the case. But he had to acknowledge that that had happened. And so his great grandstanding moment fell by the wayside. This was a very muddled debate. Chris Wallace, I think, should be ashamed of himself. Donald Trump, even though ultimately here I have Trump winning more portions of the argument than Biden throughout the debate, he went in with a tactic which was basically to badger Biden and try and get him you know, off his, off his game, just rock him a little bit. And in the end, Chris Wallace was the one that came to Biden's defense. And that's what threw off this entire thing. Chris Wallace sat back 
for the first 15, 20 minutes. And it was when he sort of, from his view, thought it was going off the rails a little bit. That's when he started chiming in. But it was only after Donald Trump had been, you know, any any claim that Biden made that he disagreed with, he would badger back, he'd badger back, he'd badger back. So when Chris Wallace stood, you know, came in and said, look, this has got to stop. Why was it okay for the first 20 minutes? Why not now? All the rest. And his initial plan to stay on the sidelines, just every time when this debate looked like it was starting to get good, when we're really going to get the answers that both would make in the heat of the moment, when we'd really see what they're like, Chris Wallace stood in and made himself the third the third debater, quite frankly. And that was incredibly disappointing to see. There are two more debates to come in the coming weeks. There is also a vice presidential debate, so I will be covering those as well. There's going to be other uh, podcasts over the coming months as well, so you'll want to stick around for that. Be sure to follow us. But that's my um, overall view on this debate. I don't think the needle has moved at all. Republicans are going to stay where they are. Democrats are going to stay where they are. And I think the independents, if they're still undecided, they're probably not going to be voting Trump. If they, if they, if you walked up to them and say, I don't want to talk politics right now, they're voting Trump. There are probably still a few undecided people, but I can't imagine that it is that great a number at this point, especially with now five weeks until the election. We're going to leave it there. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a fantastic day. We'll see you later.